Hello and welcome back to the Great Me Podcast. So guys, this is the last um, episode in a series of special conversations in partnership with Applied Art Scotland and The Distance Project. Today, my guests are Anne-Marie Shilito and Maya Nugren. Had a really cool conversation with them both. I was at my studio and they were in Edinburgh. And we just kind of delved into like, you know, how they got involved um, with The Distance Project and also kind of like their individual journeys and um, and the processes um, through like their involvement and engagement um, with the project and just kind of what it's meant to them in general. I really enjoyed this time um, during the last episode just to kind of speak with them and reflect on um, their journey so far. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and I'll see you at the end as usual. All right, see you soon. So Anne-Marie and Maya, welcome to the Create Me podcast and thank you for agreeing to come on and just, you know, reflect and share your story about uh, both your involvement with um, the Applied Art Scotland Distance Project. So how are you both doing? Good. Good, good thanks. Yes, yeah. Good. It's good. really nice to talk to you. Thank you for, for having us. Yeah. Oh, no worries. And yeah, likewise, I hope you both had a great Christmas and New Year period as well. We've been, we've been busy. <laughs> 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 that flipping could have been stronger <laughs> okay <laughs> so i think you know one thing that i've been asking all the participants in these series of conversations is what was like both of your individual motivations for getting involved with, with the distance project well my goes first because she, she was actually on the first the first project which was quite short yeah i did i joined in on the first distance phase one um I can't remember when that was, but sometime during the first lockdown, I think. It's all a bit of a haze. Um, but um, I, I think initially it was just I had not really considered myself as a sort of techie. My craft is analog as anything I knit. I, I'm a textile designer, knitted textiles designer, and I just think I was really curious of that, really that core question that Applied Arts Scotland uh, proposed is that what could uh, virtual reality uh, how could your analog craft be explored through virtual reality and I think it's exactly that I'm like I have no idea how that those two couldn't be merged and I think it was really just from that just that curiosity of yeah I want to know <laughs> yeah you'd be quite a star actually with the um, first one ah. oh, my <laughs> yeah <goodness>. <laughs> Yes, you've been featured quite a bit, which is really lovely seeing seeing this connection between you know, the digital and the analogue. Mm-hmm. And what about for yourself, Anne-Marie? What kind of motivated you to get involved with the Distance Project? Uh, uh, well, um, my, my, my main sort of job is uh, I, I run a software development company and it is about 3D modelling. And um, I've been really interested to see if, um, I could then actually move our software into into virtual reality, and for me, it's the, the project was like investigating and all of that. So um, yeah, I sort of sent in my application. I'm so pleased they accepted me. It's just real. No, no, that's really good. And I guess you know. Um, well, I'm you... a jeweler, by the way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we'll be sure as well to put links in the episode description at the end of the episode for both of your individual kind of social media kind of platforms and websites. And, you know, um, for you both, like, obviously, um, did you have any kind of apprehensions coming through when you kind of signed up um, to the programme? Did, did you have any kind of thoughts about actually how 
what's this going to look like and how, how you kind of manage the whole kind of process? Um, I think it was a complete, because it was such an unknown world, I don't think I really had any expectations of what it could possibly be like. I think it was such an such an unfamiliar territory that I couldn't almost have any expectations. I didn't know what I was going into and I had no idea how my knitting would be applied through this. I think that's as honest as I can be about it, really, <laughs> I think. And with me, it, it was um, basically the excitement of exploring because, I mean, that's basically what Applied Artists Butler wanted us to do was to investigate and explore and play and you know, to suss out things and look at how we could apply it to our own practice. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, it wasn't the sort of, um, as I say, extra expectations. It was just an understanding that um, we were going in and there were going to be some outcomes, but who knows what they were going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that um, the expectations sort of grew as you – uh, were on that journey of exploring the the uh, the headset and you because there was no brief and no kind of there was you could use whatever program you felt most sort of suitable for your own craft I think a lot of us kind of veered towards gravity sketch which is this sort of 3d modeling uh, program where um and I think through that you kind of started to understand how Wow! Oh, okay, right. And then the expectations. Grew. I think that's what do you think. Yeah, um, but because I use 3D modeling anyway, um, I, I was looking at Gravity Sketch for what the other programs couldn't do. And one of the things I just so liked about Gravity Sketch is the way that you could so freely draw a line. You know, it was um, um, so fluid. Um, and you you just don't get that in other other programs, you know, when you're using a mouse. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like from the conversations I've been having, like with other participants involved in the project, it sounds like a very kind of freeing kind of process um, when you're kind of using that online immersive kind of technology. And, you know, I'm just kind of curious that, you know, when you guys started first using that kind of technology and using the space as well, what kind of things were you kind of creating in these spaces? Um, I think when I when I started off, I just started to kind of because what I do at the moment is I'm creating. I don't want to call myself a knitwear designer, but I I rather call myself a designer of wearable puzzles that cover the human 3D body. So I kind of and that actually being on this program helped me really quite sort of define that better because what I was doing in Gravity Sketch was creating these 3D shapes that would be intended to cover the body and I was exploring how the w different ways that, that that those bodies could be covered and I think um, I just started creating shapes really and like Anne-Marie said that freedom of not having to kind of so my shapes were created sort of instantaneously and I didn't have to knit them on my knitting machine and then go, oh, that wasn't the right way. But I would have control Z, so to speak, um, and I could sort of 
repeat things really quickly and investigate different variables and combinations of color. Um, and it was only kind of later that, um, well, later through the first stage of the program, I realized I can import my knitted textures into the program. So from initially, I was just doing these sort of matte blobs of shapes with no texture. Um, but then I realized that I can use my knitted textiles to draw these shapes. And that instantly gave me this further depth into visualizing the things that I wanted to then make in reality. Hmm. And, and for me, it was um, exploring that, you know, a program like Gravity Sketch. And as I say, coming across uh, you know, just drawing this line. Um, and I was quite curious to see how I could then um, design with that and then actually make that into jewellery. Um, I also like um, very much like 3D printing. So I was bringing in these extra constraints as to what I was doing. And when, one of the, the themes that Myra and I picked up for our, our, our group to investigate is about tacit knowledge. And I wanted to really investigate how the tacit knowledge that I've got of like 3D modeling and 3D printing and making and designing and um, doing something that is, is actually wearable as a piece of jewelry, um, how I could bring that, that knowledge into you know, using a program like Gravity Sketch. And then looking at maybe trying to scratch underneath that surface to actually sort of see the what tacit knowledge um, I might I might be able to discover because I'm really I'm really keen to um, uh, help help applied artists understand that a lot of the knowledge that they've got is so transferable into working virtually and digitally. You know that um, in it, it's a place where they can actually make stuff that is very makeable. Yeah. And I guess one of the kind of questions that I kind of want to kind of touch on is like, you know, we obviously kind of touched on the the positives of using immersive kind of technology, but what were some of the constraints for you both when kind of you got more kind of like um, into that kind of flow of using them the, them the technology in comparison to actually real world making and craft? We've already touched on that. Yeah, I think that links to the tacit knowledge is that well, like what with my um, with my knitted garments, I don't get the drape or the um, the kind of the uh, the the way that I draw things on or sh create these shapes on Gravity Sketch, which ended up being the the primary program that I I ended up using, and they don't they don't fall on the body like a knitted final final piece would. But then this is where we kind of started to talk about that tacit knowledge a lot, is that the way that I use Gravity Sketch for my to inform my real life knitting is sort of this kind of coded language that I've created through these these pieces. They don't need to to me they transform that translate the information that I need or then being able to knit them in real life, they might not have the same meaning to other people. So if I show the sketching that I've done on Gravity Sketch to a anybody who knows knitting, or actually anybody who knows what 
feels like to wear a piece of knitting, they'll go, Ooh, how are you going to make that stand up like that? And and that, but but that's not the point. It's like, no, that's just for my information. I know exactly how that's going to fall. I know how that's going to weigh down and I know where I need to sort of, if that neckline is too wide, I'm going to have to add in a piece. I can see those before I knit them. And so, um, so those were definitely the challenges where it's not realistic knitting that I'm uh, sketching visualization of the knitting. But through that tacit knowledge that I have of my craft, the understanding of the behavior, of the fabrics, I'm, it doesn't really matter. I kind of bypass those challenges in that way. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the really sort of positive things about you know being an applied artist, and we do have this sort of knowledge, and therefore we can use programs that are maybe pretty light on actual sort of functionality, because we can sort of translate in our mind, um, you know, what something would actually be like. And in some ways, that's what I was also doing with, um, you know, when I was designing, I'd say, like something that could be jewelry on um, in, in Gravity Sketch. Uh, I was sort of bringing in my sort of knowledge about you know, even just how thick that line needs to be um, to be a nice strong piece when it is printed out. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's been a, a very interesting journey um, looking at that sort of side of it. It really sort of, I think it's going to be ongoing, isn't it? Sorry, when you said blind there, what did you mean? Blind. Did, when you said that, did you mean the bridge that, that holds the pieces together when you can deep into your, you said something about it being strong. Yeah, no, it's, it's much more to do with thickness. Yeah. But also, um, you know, sometimes you can have pieces and, they, and, and they, they're just floating, floating maybe freely. Um, and you've actually got to make sure that things are joined up and joined up properly. So, you know, I, I am bringing that sort of knowledge um, into it. But it, that can also be constraining. You know, I, I did realise that um, it could actually stop me playing because I, I think that's one of the great things about working in VR is, uh, you know, the play elements, the exploring and just all the benefits that there are there. Yeah. And from the overall experience um, f for you both, did this kind of like um, project in terms of actually kind of collaborative work and did it kind of lead to yourselves thinking about ideas in the physical space or with others involved in the projects in terms of actually um, collaborating on new projects, new ideas? Well, we were, we had really great conversations uh, in the beginning of our group group project it was us as well as Lara Townsend who's a um stone stone cutter stone, stone engraver stone engraver. carver carver yeah and um with her we us three we realized that within that VR space actually we're all kind of we, we're doing a very similar thing if we put it all in the same VR uh reel and we had all these ideas that we could now take. We could take a piece and we could all create a sketch. For example, we could create a sketch, each individually representing our crafts, but then it could be translated by the other one. So say Anne-Marie could take my knitted, uh, so to speak, knitted sketch. 
I could take Lara's stone carving and knit that, and uh, Lara could take Anne Marie's um, jewelry that she's created, and we could start sort of cross pollinating these the craft that we we all know so well, and then translate it sort of have this output that's completely strange, not intended in that sketching phase as well. And we find that that we, we were quite excited about when we we're talking about this kind of end result of this VR exploration could actually be a real life exhibition where we have that 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 cross pollination point. That's quite exciting. Yeah, I think we basically run out of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always the problem <laughs> so is that your oculus um headset's been sent away now yes <laughs> yeah they're all kind of mourning yeah, yeah. and I, I think quite a few of us are considering buying our own yeah yeah um I, I, when i spoke to um steve um one of the, the project leads um in the business, yeah. yeah yeah steve Colmer in um the business project you know he kind of reflected on that uh, you know this technology is ever changing and evolving as well and you kind of said oh one day it'll just be a pair of sunglasses you can kind of just put on and that's it as well but it sounds kind of like so kind of interesting it seems like you know a way of working in technology that's constantly continuously kind of changing and out with that kind of experience for you both did you see like individually the way you work do you see that um change for yourself or the, did that the project influence the way you actually practice individually it really had the a really positive impact in in my own craft practice with the the knitting takes a really long time and um when you're doing i mean i do it on the machine i don't hand knit with needles but still i'm moving the, the machine with my hands and it's quite time consuming and also it's uh, yarn consuming so there's material costs and, and the time and I'm definitely I'm a parent and I'm really feeling the limitations that I have in really pushing my imagination and getting to the core of what I want to do I feel like I always get sort of there-ish and then I run out of time and then I'm tired and then I can't do it anymore but with VR I really found this way of being able to see what I wanted to say there in front of me in 3D, in this beautiful, white, massive warehouse space that is always clean when I go in and, and I can make a mess and I can just put all the thoughts I have within sort of two hours. I have, I've gone through like this massive journey of imagination. All the things that I've had in my head are there. And if I was doing that in in reality, I wouldn't get anywhere near it. And that has kind of, it's been like the first time I've really like, wow, I can, I can do this. And then from when I can visualize it like that, I can then pick up the pieces that I'm actually going to knit. So there's this, it allows me to be super imaginative, super playful, creative, as well as this sort of time um, efficient where where I then get you know it allows me to create this really structured plan of what I'm actually going to then make reality so that answers your question is it yeah oh yeah most definitely thank you and for yourself Anne-Marie well for me it's great just hearing what you know Maya's saying because it's one of the things that I really appreciate about uh, you know working with uh, 3D modeling digital 3D modeling because I've, I've been, as I said, I've got a company that 
develops the software um, to do that. And I've now got a, a project. I've got funding for uh, to pay somebody who's actually now going to uh, pull together um, a, a very important part of our software and and VR. Um, our software is very different from the software that's really out there in that you, um, we use a haptic device so you can actually touch a virtual object. And we want to bring that sense of touch into virtual reality. So I, I will be moving you know, so forward on, on that side of it. But on the personal side, um, I, I produce quite a lot of designs within Gravity Sketch that I now want to then take actually into real 3D printed pieces. And you know that that that's a bit that I'm I'm now going to find quite exciting because um, yeah there are some constraints and there are some sort of faulty bits uh, which have to be sort of repaired or looked at or dealt with. But um, it's it's that it's that reality bit you know the virtual reality where you've got all those sort of benefits of working digitally that you're prototyping then and then you just select the, the bits that are pieces that you like most that are going to work. I mean, the number of pieces I've just deleted because I didn't like them, you know, it's great being able to do that. <laughs> you know, and, and, and save the bits that you do. Um, because I, I think all applied artists, we, we like to have a lot of stuff around us because, you know, a lot of it's inspirational. But it can get pretty cluttered in one workshop. <laughs> so to be able to just delete like that was... Um, it was quite, quite refreshing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does sound like you know, for you both, obviously, there's that kind of, you know, how the project has kind of had a, a major, obviously, a positive impact on your both. And Amory, I definitely get, I wouldn't show you the rest of my studio just now in terms of this side, you know, where you just have that kind of clutter. You'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go and deal with that at some point. But I guess as well, it, comes, it becomes a bit more kind of like accessible and straightforward and kind of like easy to use over time like you said there's that bit where if you don't like software you can just um delete it as well and do you think you know a question for you both do you feel like in terms of any kind of like craft or making kind of practice engaging with with immersive like vr technology is a is a good positive way kind of forward in terms of actually um coming up with ideas or like um, um or developing new projects Um, I, I definitely, it's hard to say, it's so, it's so individual for each kind of craft. And, but I feel like majority of the people who have been on this cohort have really come out with, we've had very similar, um, I feel like we've had quite a similar response in that way of it allows that space to explore. Um, I, but but I, I think we were touching upon this when we were talking about the tacit knowledge is that it almost feels like you do need to know your craft so that you can have that time, that playful exploration and um, in VR to go straight into VR without that tacit knowledge of your craft. Um, I don't know what I could do there. I think it would lack the depth of the understanding of well i'm sure that you would do people would do all sorts of things i'm not saying that that, that there isn't that but we're talking about from we've come from a perspective where we know 
that again that behavior of the material and the techniques and how we can so how how we can kind of translate that through VR. So the VR is a tool for us to expand and go deeper rather than so we've got this kind of underlying knowledge that is the foundation for using that. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm again totally agree with you know, what, what, what you're saying because um, you know I, I've actually done quite a bit of writing about what the whole my process has been, and my my sort of conclusion um, is that um, because we're applied artists, um, you know, to have actual physical outcomes for us is really important because I mean that's how we make our living you know, by selling what we do, so. I think most of us have probably come to this program um, looking at how we can use it in our practice in a very practical way, in a way it can actually help us um, enhance our, our business, our designing. And I, I think that's been um, a, a very positive side because we are coming at it with this, this um, underlying knowledge of materials processes and that's the underlying knowledge that actually helps you make those decisions while you're while you're in the flow of what um, you know what you're designing and making that actually enables you to come up with stuff that is um is useful you know rather than um yeah, too much stuff to delete mm -hmm. yeah but, uh, you know, I, I, uh, um you know what what i was deleting was Really deleted because maybe on the aesthetics, it no, I wasn't that happy with it. And I was actually looking for you know things that I really did like the flow, the dynamic of it, and so on. So, you know, there's all that other stuff that we're bringing, which is um, the visual subjective side of things, too. Yeah, and I guess, like, you know, moving forward, um. Also, I'm not aware of what's kind of the, the plans for the, the distance projects in the future. If the opportunity came around, if they said, okay, we've got some different kind of immersive tech to kind of explore or they approach you guys, would you be kind of willing to get involved again? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. But then, I, you know, I've also got the, you know, the software that, um, you know, it's, it's already a commercial product. And... Um, and I do use that a lot, but I think that, you know, to combine, and I, I think this is another thing that is actually quite in, important, is, you know, so realising that, um, you know, one programme doesn't give you everything that you actually want. Um, you often do need to go and find other programmes that um, offer you some other sort of features and tools. And it's like the, yes, you, you, you could say, um, your models as um, an OBJ format, which can then be used in quite a lot of different programs. But then we, we needed to get these models into frame because we've got this dissemination project. So we actually have to go into another program to uh, transfer them from an OBJ or something like that into a, a GLB. <laughs> <laughs> And it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sound problematic at all from the looks on your faces. <laughs> <laughs> We've had slight hiccups. Yeah. It's been another journey of exploration in getting our if, if you think about kind of the line of how we work, it's like taking our analog craft into a VR modeling program 
and then taking it out of that VR modeling program into a public, publicly accessible 3D a gallery space that works on a completely different format. So it's quite a long way away from our studio where we're like feeling the things and looking at the things and talking to ourselves and talking to our needles and whatever. So, but, but again, I think it's just been um, the, the, the whole journey of just being thrown in this and, and coming out of it with something, I, I wouldn't say tangible because it's not physically tangible, but it's, uh, tangible in the virtual reality world but there's definitely evidence that we've all come out with something and we've all kind of been on a journey and we've come out with something it's made us think a lot it's made us talk a lot it's made us make a lot and I feel like um it's been like it's not just been an exploration and then it's not gone into nothing there's definitely evidence that it's worthy of the it's, it's been a, a worthy exploration. And I, I think also it's, um, you know, what you put into it is, you know, what you do get out of it. And it, it is trying to make sure that you've got the, that quality time you know, to, um, to explore. And I, I think that's what a lot of us found quite difficult, um, you know, because people are making, needing to make stuff to, you know, and go to craft fairs and, and sell um, online or whatever. So, um, you know, it, it's squeezing um, all this new learning in, into really quite a, a busy schedule, isn't it? It was yeah. definitely like the first stage learning gravity sketch was like learning to ride a bicycle again. And you forget because you, I, I feel like learning, actually really learning new skills. We don't, I definitely don't do that enough, like, or maybe I avoid it consciously because I don't want to go through that. Oh, what am I doing? But in this one, we all had to do that. And yeah. then you you did. And suddenly, after maybe two weeks in, you suddenly kind of get the hang of it and it's all smoother. You start hitting the right buttons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that control-delete thing kind of becomes smooth and suddenly you're like flying with it. And you're like, wow, I've just learned a new skill, like a new thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the mature age of 40, still able to pick up new things. <laughs> yeah, we were still young. Well, yeah, we're, I, I just turned 40 in November and I still feel very young. So, you know, so I think, yeah, like um, all the kind of previous conversations that I had in these series um, of specials is that, like, I feel like, you know, a complete novice why well, i am a complete novice in terms of this kind of immersive vr kind of technology i've got one there i definitely would like to kind of explore it and kind of have a go at that as well you know because it seems like everyone who i've spoken to so far has been a really kind of interesting journey um and, and thank you know thank you both for kind of just like you know sharing like you know your story we wasn't taking out the time today you know to kind of come on the podcast but before we kind of like finish up where can the listeners kind of follow you, like both individually, like online or social media, if you if you're both on social media? Um, I've got my work on Instagram at Alma Borealis. That's A L M A B O R E A L I S, and the same website, um, Facebook as well. Um, you can find um, me there and. 
And uh, yes, my company's got a website and I've got um, work there. And my company's called Anarchic 3D. So it's A-N-A-R-K-I-K 3D. And um, we've also got um, Anarchic Creations, which is um, where we actually sell work from. Um, but then, of course, on this coming Wednesday, um, there's this public sort of dissemination of what we've been doing. And I know that Applied Arts will be showing that or shoving that link out. And um, I think they're recording it, so they'll be able to get at it. Yeah, so in that dissemination next Wednesday, the 2nd of February, of February, February yeah. at 10 to 12, we're going to all mm. talk about our experiences and then there's going to be... Um, there's the, the, the space, the 3D space at frame is going to be open to the public to go okay. and see see the things uh, in, in real life <laughs> or something. <laughs> I guess, you know, I guess if there's links to that as well, we can put that along with your individual links on the episode description um, for the listeners to go and check out um, as well. But again, I want to thank you both for taking the time out, you know, and just kind of just reflecting on your involvement in the Distance Project. So um, Maya and Anne-Marie, thank you so much for coming on the Create Me podcast. Well, thank you, Aika. Great. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Cheers. Hi, guys. So, yeah, that was my conversation with Anne-Marie and Maya. Um, I want to thank them both for taking the time out to speak with me on the podcast and to share their story about their involvement with the Distance Project. Um, I've really enjoyed the conversation, so I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And of course, um, I want to thank Applied Art Scotland team for making these conversations possible. I had a really good time speaking with all the participants involved with the Distance Project. So I hope you know you guys got a good sense of what the project was about during these um, special conversations and also I hope you go and explore and look up um, all the participants their individual work as well so yeah I'm going to be back again soon with some new episodes for you all and if you enjoy listening to the Create Me podcast episodes you can support us on Ko-Fi and via Big Up The Dean all links described today um, in the, throughout the episode will be in the episode description okay guys I'll see you again soon bye take care for now